Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Fresh Encounter, the radio ministry of Lifelong Anointing Church. Our mission as a church is to equip the body of Christ to increase in wisdom and in stature, and in favor with God and with men. We're glad that you joined us for this edition of the broadcast. It is our prayer that this broadcast will be a blessing to you. Here now is Pastor Otuno with today's message. Luke chapter 5 from verse number 1. The Bible says, And it was so, as the multitude passed about him, pressed about him to hear the word of God, that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret, and saw two boats standing by the lake. But the fishermen had gone from them, and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to pull out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitude from the boat. And when he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, Launch out into the deep, and lay down your net for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let it. I will let down the nets. When they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. So he signals to his partner in the other boats to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats, so that they began to sink. When Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knee, saying, Depart from me, I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he, for he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. And also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will catch men. So when they had brought their boat to land, they forsook all, they for, they forsook all and followed him. Now from this verse of the scripture, there are a number of things that jumps out to all the that jumps out at us. The first thing you see is that in verse number one, the Bible says, the Bible says that Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, and there were people who were interested in hearing the word of God preached by him. So what he did was that he saw two empty boats. The Bible says that he looked at one of the boats that belonged unto Peter and asked, you know, and got on it, asked Peter to pull from the shore a little bit, and then he began to teach the people. For how long we are not told. But the Bible tells us that when he was done teaching, when he was done preaching, when he was done ministering to the people, he spoke to Peter and looked at him. You have given up this particular boat for me to use as a floating pulpit. Now I want to be able to reward you. I want you to launch out a little bit. Just push out a little bit and then put, throw out, throw down your net. The Bible says that, you know, Peter, you know, in verse number five, Simon Peter objected and told him, hey, I know I'm, a, I'm an experienced fisherman. We have done this business all night. We have toiled all night. Nothing happened. But Peter now kind of took a step back. Peter said, no problem. I'll give you another chance. He gave, he gave our Lord Jesus Christ a second look and decided, okay, I'll obey your instruction. I will put it down. It doesn't hurt me. I, fish, I fished all night. Nothing was caught. If I throw it down and I didn't catch anything, I've not lost anything. So let me just throw it down. So he did. He gave Jesus Christ a second, you know, an opportunity to prove himself threw the net down and the bible tells us in verse number six that they caught so much fish that they have that their nets began to break and they had to call other people for help in verse number eight 
The Bible now told us the response of Peter to the miracle that he has just witnessed. He looked at what has just happened. I have fished all night. I'm an experienced fisherman. And now I am seeing the Lord do the impossible. I am seeing the miraculous happening in front of my eyes. Lord God Almighty, you are too holy for me. You are too righteous for me. Depart from me because I'm a sinful man. That was the response of Peter to the miracle. He saw the he saw the uh, the unimaginable, and the only way he could respond was in fear and trembling, because he knows that this is not done by a normal person; it is done by somebody who has the attribute of the Almighty God. He was afraid. He asked the Lord Jesus Christ, "Step away from me, because I don't deserve your presence." Jesus looked at him and reassured him. Jesus told him, "Don't be afraid." Because one thing you are seeing right now, you are catching fish. But the destiny of God for your life, where God is taking you, is, is to make you a fisher of men. So the Lord Jesus Christ prophesied into his life and told him that from now on, you have been busy catching fish, you are going to start to catch men. Peter on got that, took hold of that prophecy. As soon as they got back to land, the Bible says that they forsook their nets and became the disciples of our Lord Jesus Christ. There are a number of things that we can focus on in these verses of scripture that we have read. But I want to focus on two things. The first one I want to focus on is the response of, our, of, of Peter. The response of Peter. After he has experienced the miraculous outpouring of fishes into his boat. After toiling all night. And the second one was the prophetic declaration of our Lord Jesus Christ into the life of Peter. But also, if you go to verse number 5. Verse number 5 of the, of, of the, of the, of the, of the book of Luke that we just read. The Bible says, But Simon answered and said unto him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And in verse 6, he said, And, and when, they, when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking. Verse number 7, so they signaled to their partners in the other in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled their boat and so they began to sink. Now verse number 8, when Peter saw it, when Peter saw the miracle, when Peter saw that this is what happens when you obey the word of the Almighty God, when Peter saw that when Jesus began to fish with you, when G Peter saw that when Jesus becomes to be, begin to partner with you, your boat will not be able to be able to catch the fish that you that, 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 that you are going to bring in. He was so afraid of it. He said, "Depart from me, I'm a sinful man. Depart from me, I'm a sinful man." And in verse number 10, Jesus reassured him and told him, you will not begin to catch me. The question here is that, what made Peter make that particular suggestion? Why was Peter so terrified by the miracle that he experienced that the next thing he was supposed to respond was, instead of saying, okay, Jesus, you are going to always go with me anytime we go fishing every night. That was, would have been the response of somebody else. Somebody else would have said, okay, instead of me wasting my time sleep, not sleeping in my house and fishing all night, all I have to do is just wait for Jesus to come, use my boat for about 30 minutes or one hour, and then we'll go fishing. That way, I will always be pull, I will always be pulling him, I will always be having a lot of catch. I don't have to go and do sleepless night. As long as I have Jesus with me, he can continue to do miracles. But Peter responded in the complete opposite. Peter said, no, I don't want this man standing right next to me all the time. I want him to go away from me because I am a sinful man. The question is, why did Peter respond like that? The first suggestion I want to make to you tonight is because Peter responded because Peter saw the holiness of our Lord Jesus Christ and realized how depraved he was. He said, depart from me, I'm a sinful man. 
Number two, Peter saw the miraculous and that reminded him of his sinful humanity. That this is what God is doing for a man that does not even deserve the grace of God. So, stay away from me because I don't deserve this. Number three, he saw the divine power and he became conscious of his own limitation. There is no way I can fulfill this. There is no way I can repay you. If I were to begin to walk for this particular miracle, I will never be free of the walk. So he said, instead of me to be completely indebted to you, let me ask you to leave me alone. That was why he was making that kind of statement. Not only that, not only that, he realized that he was in the presence of the Son of God and suddenly he was overwhelmed by the presence of the Almighty God. That made Peter, that was why Peter made that comment. Peter came close to the incarnate Son of God and for the first time he saw who he really was. He saw the holiness of God and then he saw his own sinfulness and he could not stand. He said, no, this man has to move away from me because he continues to remind me that I'm a sinful man. He continues to remind me of my inadequacies. He continues to remind me of my shortcoming. But looking at, looking at Jesus, Peter suddenly realized that he did not deserve to stand close to the Son of God. Because he could see his sin. It's just like when you are supposed to go to a particular party. You have been told that you are supposed to dress properly. That the color of the day is white. But for some reason you did not read the envelope. You did not read the invitation. And then you came up with a particular color. A, a particular cloth that you normally wear to walk. When you walk the night shifts. When nobody sees you. As soon as you show up in the party. The whole place is well lit up. You begin to feel very embarrassed. Because you know that you are not properly there. Your presence know. You know that you are not qualified to be there again. That is what is happening to Peter. Peter looked at the righteousness of Christ. And saw himself. And said no. I'm not supposed to be standing there next to this man. It is better for this man to walk away from me. Peter realized that he did not deserve to enjoy the mercies and the blessings and the grace of the almighty God that Jesus is pouring upon his life. When he opened up the windows of heaven and released those fishes into his nets, Peter understood that the grace of God was too, was too precious to be wasted upon his life. So he felt that no, I don't deserve it. That was why he asked him to go away. Peter was saying, don't remind me of my sinfulness. Don't remind me of my failures. Don't remind me of my inadequacies. Don't remind me of my inconsistency in my work with you. And there are many Christians who do this thing to the Almighty God, who behave like that to the Almighty God. They look at their own limitation. They look at their, they look at their own weaknesses. They look at their rising and their falling. They look at the fact that they pray today and they confess tomorrow. They confess the same sin and they go back to the same sin. And they are asking the Lord, Jesus, just leave me alone. I cannot do this. I don't deserve your love. I don't deserve your power. I don't deserve your anointing. I don't deserve your grace. I I am not worthy of you walking with me. There are many Christians who do that. They say, I don't deserve your mercies. I don't deserve your grace. I don't deserve your blessing. Many are turning Jesus Christ away today, even in the church, because they feel that they cannot live up to the standard of the Almighty God. That was what happened to Peter. He saw himself and he realized, I cannot live up to this standard. I cannot live up to the holiness of the Almighty God. And there are many who are doing it. But Jesus, in verse number 10, the Bible says Jesus looked past the weakness of Peter. Looked past the self-consciousness of Peter. Looked past the inadequacies of Peter. He looked past the unworthiness of Peter. And the Bible tells us in verse number 10, Jesus said to him, he said, don't be afraid. In other words, don't look at your own weakness. Don't look at your own inconsistency. Don't look at your own, you know, your own inability to consider to do what you think you what you think uh, you need to do in your own power. Jesus said, "Do not be afraid." To Peter, he said, "From now on, you are going to be catching men, even in the state of inconsistency, in the case, in the state of weakness, in the state of self consciousness, in the self, in the state, in the state of uh, of insecurity." The Lord Almighty was speaking to the life of Peter and telling him, "Regardless of how you see yourself, I see a fissure of man in you." 
Regardless of how you see yourself, I see the glory of God upon your life. Regardless of how you see yourself, I see where God is taking you. Regardless of what, where you, how you see yourself, I see yourself, I see you as a mighty man of God. And Peter was not the only person who had had that kind of issue in the past. The Bible told us there was a man called Gideon. Gideon was a man who received an angelic visitation. And the Lord greeted him. He said, oh, you know, Gideon, that mighty man of valor. And Gideon looked at him, looked around and said, who are you talking to? Where is that mighty man of valor? Because he looked at himself as a weak person. He was threshing wheat in a wine press, which was an aberration. The point we are making is that the Lord saw past Peter. The Lord saw past his inadequacies. And told him, you should not be afraid, I will make you ambition of men. In other words, Jesus surpassed his roughness. Jesus surpassed his self-consciousness. Jesus surpassed his inadequacies, his insecurity, his anxiety, his fears. Jesus surpassed all those ones. Jesus saw Peter, the man that he was created to be. That was what Jesus Christ saw. Jesus saw the man, the, the, the man who was going to be a pillar in the church. Jesus saw a man who was going to be bold in declaring the truth in the, in the New Testament church. Jesus saw a man who was going to be a father in the church. That's what Jesus Christ saw. And he told him, he said, do not be afraid. Because you are going to be, you are going to be fishers of men. And the Lord is saying exactly the same thing to us today. As individuals, as a family and as a church. That regardless of our inconsistencies, regardless of our fears, regardless of the things that we feel that we are not able to do, Regardless of how we take a step forward today and it appears that we are taking three steps backward. The Lord is saying, do not be afraid. I have called you for a particular reason. There is a reason why I've established you here. There's a reason why I've given you the responsibility that I'm giving you. There's a reason why I'm doing what I'm doing through you. There's a reason why I have given you a voice. There's a reason why I have called people. There's a reason why you are making the impact that you are making right now. All you have to do is to be able to see beyond your own weaknesses, see beyond your own inadequacies, see beyond the things that you are looking at right now, and see what God has deposited in you. That's the word, that's the message of the Lord Almighty to Peter, and that is what he's saying to us today. And as, more, as, uh, as soon as we are able to embrace this, we begin to see the seed of greatness. That seed of the fisher of men that was in Peter was released when he embraced the prophetic declaration upon his life. And as we embrace the prophetic declaration of God upon our individual lives, as we embrace the word of God for us as a family, as we embrace the word of God for us as a church, we will begin to see that particular seed that God has planted into us to begin to come to life in the name of Jesus. The second thing I wanted to talk to, I want to be, uh, uh, touch upon this evening is why the Lord God Almighty made that prophetic declaration upon the life of Peter in the first place. Why did Jesus declare Peter, a man who called himself a sinner, a man who told him, depart from me because I am a sinner. Why did the Lord Jesus Christ now completely ignore that man's statement, ignore whatever lifestyle that he had, and now made the prophetic declaration upon the man who called himself a sinner? Why? Let me suggest to you that Jesus Christ made that declaration because number one, Jesus knows what it took, what it takes to, for a man to be a fisher of men. Because number one, he is the fish, he is the ultimate fisher of men. He's the one that knows the end from the very beginning. He's the one that knows, you know, he knows every man. The Bible told us that he knows what is in the heart of a man. So he knows what it takes for a man to be a fisher of man. That is why he made that declaration upon the life of Peter. Number two, Jesus knows that the man who will fish for man, for who will, who will be fishers of men, is a man who has no problem releasing his time, releasing his talent, and releasing his treasures. How do we know that? Here was a man, Peter, 
who had gone fishing all night. Here was a man who was probably tired. The Bible said they were washing their nets. And here comes a preacher. And he said, pray, say, Mr. Fisherman, I need your boots. There is a man who has fished all night. Oh, the next thing is that Peter, the Bible told us that the Lord, he said, push your boat off a little bit from the coast so that I can have some space. And Peter obliged. Peter pushed it out. Jesus Christ stood there. I don't know how long it took. I know definitely Jesus was not preaching to the American audience. So he wasn't preaching a 25 minutes message. He wasn't preaching a 30 minutes message. He probably did a one hour. Because that was what, that was in the days of Paul, the apostle, the Bible said they preached all night. That somebody fell down, died, but they woke him up and they continued preaching. So most likely Peter there, Jesus must have preached over one hour. There, he was sitting down there and here was a man who fished all night sitting down there patiently waiting for this particular preacher to finish. And when Jesus finished, you know, when he finished, he asked him, not only that, not that, okay, thank you very much, and left. He said, no, go back and keep doing the work. So the point I'm making is that Jesus knows that a man who is qualified to fish for the souls of other men is a man who is no who knows how to release his time. Peter did that. He knows how to release his talent. Peter released his talent. He knows how to release his treasure. He gave his boat to the Lord Jesus Christ to use as a, to use as a floating pulpit. That was why he made that declaration upon his life. Because there was a man who was willing to release what was in his hand. Number two, no, sorry, number three. Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ made that prophetic declaration upon the life of Peter because Jesus knew that the man who will fish for the souls of other men is a man that obeys God's instruction even when it doesn't make sense. Here was a man, an experienced fisherman. A man who knows when to catch fish and when not to catch fish. A man who understands the tides. He has gone over this particular lake in that night. He has done everything a good fisherman will do and he didn't catch anything. And now here comes a preacher who after preaching is now telling me how to fish. I that grew up and all that I know how to do is is, is fishing. All you, you know how to do is preaching. And now you who know how to do preaching is trying to teach me how to fish. And Peter did not or did not argue. Peter did not question him. The Bible says that Jesus Christ told him, he said, cast your net on that side, you know, drop your net. And when he did, he saw the miracle. He saw the miraculous. And when he was doing that, Peter obeyed the Lord Jesus Christ, even when everything that Peter knew was against it. Because Peter knew that you don't do fishing in the, in the broad daylight. But he obeyed Jesus Christ when he knew that the instruction didn't make sense. He obeyed the Lord Jesus Christ even when everything that he knew was contrary to what Jesus Christ was telling him. And Jesus was watching the behavior of this man. And that was why Jesus was able to make that declaration upon him. Because he knows that the man who will fish for the souls of other men is a man that must obey the instruction of God without any question. Number four, Jesus made that declaration upon the life of Peter because Jesus knew that the man who will fish for the souls of other men is a man who understands the power of the word of God. Peter said, we have toiled all night and have got nothing. He said, but nevertheless, because your word, at your word, nevertheless at your word, in other words, I know the power of this word. I know that it is this word that created the heavens and the earth. I know that it is this word that everything was changed. The Bible said that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He said, because of that word, I am going to do what I know is not possible. Because of that word, I am going to act against what my senses are telling me. Because of that word, I am going to take a step that others will look at as if it's stupid. And because of that word, I am going to go contrary to all my training, to all my experience, to all my learnings. I'm going to go contrary to it because of that word. And Jesus was watching. And because Jesus knew 
that the man who will fish for the souls of other men is a man that must trust the word of God. Jesus knew that this man who gave his treasures, this man who obeyed me without question, this man who is willing to obey, who is willing to trust the word of God, this is the man that will be able to win the souls of other men. That was why he proclaimed, that was when he gave him that prophetic declaration. Number five, why did Jesus make that declaration over his life? He made that declaration because he knows that the man who will do the work of winning other people's souls to the kingdom of God is a man who does not act alone. Is a man who does not walk alone. Is a man who understands the value of collaboration. And that was what Peter demonstrated. When Peter brought in the when Peter brought in the catch and he saw that the fish was overwhelming him, he did not try to do it alone. He did not try to cover it up. He did not try to say, okay, well, let's go. If I if I call the other people, they will get the glory. If I call the other people, they will get some of the fishes. No, he called other people. And as he called other people, they, he not only had more than enough, the people he called him became, you know, also had more than enough. Then they were beginning to sing. And Jesus was watching. Jesus realized that this is not a selfish man. This was not a self-promoting man. This is not a man who wants to be the big boy and every other person will be the small fish. No, he wanted everybody to rise up together. And as Jesus was watching, Jesus knew that this was a candidate that was ready for what? That was ready for the prophetic declaration that will take him to the next level. I pray that we will be those kind of people in Jesus' name. Number five, number six. Why did Jesus make that declaration to the life of Peter? Jesus did that because Jesus knows that the man who will be able to win the souls of others into the kingdom of God is a man who knows and acknowledges his own shortcomings. He knows his weakness. He knows he's not, he can't do it by his own power. He knows he's a sinful man. He knows he's not trying to portray an image that he is not. He's not trying to live beyond his level of anointing. He's not trying to pretend to be who he's not. He's not trying to show Jesus that, yes, my uncle is also a rabbi. Or I know how to read the Torah. Or I know how. He's not trying to show up. He's not pretentious. There is a level of integrity in the life of Peter. Though he was a sinful man, he knew he was a sinful man and he cannot pretend in the house in the presence of the Almighty God. And these are the kind of people that will be able to win the souls of other people. Jesus understood that. Jesus knew that the man who will win the souls of other people must be a man that is first of all recognizes his own weaknesses. Recognizes that this is where I am falling short. So that he will not become full of himself. And Jesus was watching this man. He was watching him as he was releasing his talent. He was watching it as he was obeying without question. He was watching Peter as Peter was depending upon the word of God. He was watching Peter as he was collaborating with others. He was now watching Peter as Peter was just saying, Lord, just go away. I'm not qualified for what you're about to give. I'm not qualified for the assignment that you are giving to me. I'm not qualified to do what you're asking me to do. I'm not qualified even to stand next to you. I'm not qualified to be seen around you. Just leave me alone. I am happy to just come to church and clap my hand. I am happy to just sit in the pew. I'm happy to just say amen when the preacher says amen. I am not qualified to stand on the pulpit. I don't want to do this business. Peter said, leave me alone, O Lord, because I'm a sinful man. And Jesus said, no, it is the people like you that are qualified to call the souls of others into the kingdom. And number number seven, why did Jesus Christ speak that prophetic word into the life of Peter? Jesus Christ did that because Jesus understood that the man who will fish for the souls of other men is a man who is willing to forsake all and follow him. In other words, he's not tied down because of anything. Can you imagine a man who fished all night, a man who did not sleep, looking to be able to earn a living because through fishing, now he has a boatload of fish. The Bible says as soon as they got to shore, 
They abandoned the boat and followed the Lord Jesus Christ. Which means that he was not tied down by the riches of the world. He was not tied down by the physical things he can lay his hands upon. He was not tied down by the fact that yes, now that I have the blessings of God, I can begin to march on people's head. He was not tied down by those things. And Jesus was watching him. That this is a man who is not tied down by the little small blessing that he received. If Peter had stayed with the boat, that would have been the end of the story of Peter in the Bible. Nobody would have ever heard of him again. But the Bible said that when they brought the boat in, Peter abandoned the boat. Peter was not taken by the riches that was in the boat. He was not taken by the amount of fishes that was in the boat. He was not taken by the prospect of the profit he was going to make when he sells that particular fish. But he abandoned it and followed the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus is now telling us that anyone who will be qualified to be able to draw the souls of men into the kingdom must be a man who is not tied down by material things. He must be a man who is not tied down by anything. He must be a man who is willing to forsake all just to go and be able to do the service of the man. This evening before we go, I want you to understand one thing. And that is how far we as individuals how far we as families, how far we as a church, we attract others to the cause of Christ. How far our, you know, our abilities to receive an enablement from heaven, to receive the anointing from heaven, our ability to be used in, the, in extending the kingdom of heaven is a function of seven things. Number one, it's a function of us knowing, having a perspective of ourselves that is God's perspective of us. In other words, see ourselves as God sees us. If you, because the Bible said the, the Lord God, there's nothing hidden from the eyes of the Almighty God. When you see yourself as God sees you, it's easy for you to walk with God. Number two, if you are going to receive the resource of heaven to do exploit for the Almighty God, to win souls for the kingdom of God, you must see yourself as stewards of the good news of God. In other words, God has committed something into your hands. You may not know it. You may not recognize it. You may not even appreciate it. But God has put something in your hand. And until you recognize that you are a steward of the good news, you may not be able to use it. Number three, if we are going to move, if we are going to attract others into the kingdom of God and be the people that will extend the kingdom of extend the, the influence of the kingdom of God in our own little corner, we must see ourselves as conduits through which God's grace flows. In other words, God's power, God's anointing, the grace of God, the mercy of God will flow through us into the lives of the people that God is directing it to. Number four, we must see ourselves, we must free ourselves from anything that is holding us back. What is holding us back? Is it the pleasures of this world? Is it whatever it is in this world that is holding us back? If we are going to be the people that will win the souls of others into the kingdom of God, we must free ourselves from those things that are holding us back. And we must totally be a people that depend on the word of God. Because without the word of God, we cannot make progress. And we must be in a group of people that will obey God without question. Obey God when it doesn't make sense. Obey God when it doesn't even, when it becomes embarrassing. Obey God when things do not even look like it's supposed to, you know, does not look the way we expect it to look. And if we are going to extend the kingdom of God in this particular locality, we must be co-laborers with God and co-laborers with other men. Because alone we can do nothing. And that's why the Bible tells us that two are better than one. If they collaborate. Paul the Apostle said that we are co-laborers with God. A man who will expect, extend the kingdom of God is a man who is a co-laborer with God and co-laborer with other men. Now before we go tonight, I want you to understand that Peter, Jesus knew the real Peter even before Peter knew himself. Jesus saw Peter, saw the true potential of Peter. Saw what God had created Peter to accomplish and to do in his own generation, 
God, Jesus Christ has seen that even before Peter realized what was going on. Peter, Jesus Christ knew the seed of greatness that was inside the life of Peter, even before Peter realized that there was anything like the seed of greatness in him. He saw all that. And that was why And the seed of greatness of Peter, that particular seed of his future calling, that particular thing that God has put in his life for him to be to, 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 to achieve his calling in his life, that thing was only released when Peter did the following thing. The seed that the, the word of the, the prophetic word that was spoken into the life of Peter was only released after Peter number one released his time, his treasure, and his talents. The prophetic word was only released after Peter obeyed the word of God without any excuse. The prophetic word of God was released upon the life of Peter when Peter relied on the word of God even when it didn't make sense. The prophetic word of God was released upon the life of Peter after he had collaborated with others to bring in the harvest. The prophetic word of God was released upon the life of Peter when he understood his own limitation without exaggeration. And with the prophetic word of God was made manifest in the life of Peter when he forsook all and he followed the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you very much for listening to our program today. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. for our Sunday worship service at 2711 Murfreesboro Road in Antioch, Tennessee. We also host Bible study and prayer meetings every Friday at 7 p.m. Visit us online at www.lifelonganointing.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Join us next time for another edition of Fresh Encounter. On behalf of Lifelong Anointing Church, we thank you for listening.